Rasmussen poll. Maybe you forgot about this. We talked about it on the show a long time ago. Remember there was a Rasmussen poll came out? Here's some numbers for you. 29% of Democrats in the country support taking your children from you if you refuse to take the vaccine. 59, 59% support you being put on house arrest if you refuse the jab. 48%, that's half of the Democrats in the United States of America said you should be put in jail if you question the vaccine online. A pandemic amnesty, huh? A pandemic amnesty? On a Monday, about 40, 45 minutes from now, it's Medal of Honor Monday. Always a treat. We're going to get to Chuck Schumer saying he's getting death threats. Kathy Hochul says crime's fine. Quit whining. Barack Obama basically said the same thing. We'll get to that here in about 10 minutes and maybe 20 minutes. I'm rolling right now on something else. The diesel stuff and so much more. But Chris actually brought up something uh, during the break. Because I'm talking about, uh, in case you're just joining us, let's declare a pandemic amnesty. It's an article in The Atlantic today. And Chris brought up during the break, he said, hey, the comparisons to the Holocaust are gross and always they're overdone. He said, but would anyone who was victimized during that, would they have ever got justice if we just declared an amnesty? And he brought up a good point. You know how we talk all the time about the book, Ordinary Men. I tell you to go read this book, Ordinary Men. It's not my book. I don't know the author. I'm not promoting something. It's a book about the Reserve Police Battalion and these guys, and they went and killed all these Jews and shipped them off to the death camps and things like that. You know, one of the most stunning parts about that book we never talk about? I'll never get over this. Almost none of them ever were held accountable. All those guys. All those guys walking into Jewish village after Jewish village after Jewish village, taking women and their babies out into the woods and firing bullets into the back of their head. And remember, these are all reservists. And when the war was over, almost all of them, right back to their daily lives. They live to be old men, grandpas, out there watching sports, being an accountant, a lawyer. Owning a candy shop. Is that justice? Because justice is a very real thing. And when you deny people justice, well, that screws over the entire society. A pandemic amnesty? Okay. I want you to remember a couple things here. This is courtesy of Michael did some digging for me. This is from May 2021. Anti-vaxxers don't deserve coddling. This is from January 2022. LA Times columnist says publicly mocking the deaths of anti-vaxxers is necessary to create teachable moments. Okay. Governor Whitmer of Michigan, she stopped people from buying seeds so they couldn't grow their own food. Rasmussen poll. Maybe you forgot about this. We talked about it on the show a long time ago. Remember there was a Rasmussen poll came out? Here's some numbers for you. 29% of Democrats in the country support taking your children from you if you refuse to take the vaccine. 
59% support you being put on house arrest if you refuse the jab. 48%, that's half of the Democrats in the United States of America, said you should be put in jail if you question the vaccine online. A pandemic amnesty, huh? A pandemic amnesty for Jimmy Kimmel? Dr. Fauci said that if hospitals get any more overcrowded, they're going to have to make some very tough choices about who gets an ICU bed. That choice doesn't seem so tough to me. Vaccinated person having a heart attack? Yes, come right on in. We'll take care of you. Unvaccinated guy who gobbled horse goo? Rest in peace, Wheezy. You're... Let's just have amnesty. Let's move on and forgive. No. I lost my job in the U.S. Navy. I was separated for refusing a shot that does nothing to prevent transmission. I was unable to be with my dad when he died. I will never get over that he had to die alone. Forced to mask at work as an unvaccinated employee. Forced to quarantine at home. I was furloughed for six months, fell into a deep depression, became a heavy drinker, and thought about suicide daily. I was eventually laid off and had to start all over again in a totally new field, which I still have anxiety from daily. My mom's physician closed his in-person practice for a year, resulting in my mom losing her eyesight. She has macular degeneration and requires monthly eye injections and didn't receive them. She's now legally blind with no way to restore her vision. Abbott, that would be Texas Republican Governor Greg Abbott, in case you're wondering who this person's talking about. Abbott, shut down the bars, so I lost thousands in gig money. Since that, because some of our venues closed, I'm still affected. I had to take a side hustle delivery job to a 60-hour full-time commitment. My dad had to go in the hospital in New York City in March 2021, required three months of rehab, but never got it because of COVID requirements. He is now living in a wheelchair and can't walk anymore. I can never forgive these people. My 38-year-old sister was forced by her job to get the vaccine last summer. She died of a blood clot about eight hours after receiving her second shot. Amnesty? You must have lost your freaking mind, Amnesty. These are not wrong opinions. These are not lies. These are crimes committed against you. I don't care that it was the government. Government commits crimes all the time. It was my doctor. Your scumbag doctor commits crimes all the time. Clearly. It was public health. He, he, was, a, he was a talk show host. It's criminal what they did to you joe rogan came out and said he used ivermectin to successfully treat his covid the entire american media and the fda themselves went on a coordinated campaign to call it horse dewormer so you wouldn't take it that's murder crimes have been committed against you you want amnesty fine line all of them up Send them to prison, and believe me when I tell you, I consider prison to be my amnesty. You don't want to know what I really think. We all know what happened to Paul Pelosi was not the result of right-wingers. Will it work? Okay, I'll tell you what. I'll play you some sound here in a second, but let's do, a, let's do an experiment. Huh? Let's do just a little thought analysis. Let's go to our village. You know, we always go to the village, make things easy to understand. You, me, a hundred other people, we live in a village. Huh? We live in this village in the village, we really thrive on cattle. That's what we do. We do cows. That's how, that's how we stay afloat as a village. All right? Now, 
let's say one day we wake up and half of our cattle are dead. Basically, we're financially devastated. We don't know if we'll be able to keep going. And one guy comes out and says, hey, I know what it was. It was a flesh-eating disease that infected the cattle and... We have to do. We have to separate all the cattle. We have to change how we do everything and stop the spread of this disease. Okay, and then another guy comes out and says, "No, that's actually not true at all. I watched somebody from another village come in and murder all of our cattle last night." Okay, so we have two conflicting stories. We'll get down to the bottom of it, and it turns out the guy who said they were murdered, he's correct, and the flesh-eating disease guy is wrong. Okay, well that's not the end of the world. We can, we'll figure it out. We'll go with it. We're all, look, there's 98 of the rest of us. We'll figure out what's real and what's not pretty quickly. We'll go do an investigation and figure it out. That's not the end of the world. One guy was lying about the flesh eating disease. The other guy was telling the truth about the fact that the cattle were murdered. But, but what if, I mean, we're going to have people in charge of the village, right? There's going to be a chief in charge. We'll definitely have a, a chief medical guy in charge of the village. We'll have a chief law enforcement guy in charge of the village. You know, we're going to have these villi- various village elders who are in charge. Let's say there are 10 of them that really got one guy's in charge of handing out the news to the village. Hey, don't forget to celebrate Halloween tonight. Put out an extra piece of rice for summer or something. That's what they say in our village, right? Now, what if we wake up the morning and the calf, the cattle were dead? And instead of it being one guy who said it was a flesh-eating disease, every single leader of the village said it was a flesh-eating disease. Well, now we have a very serious problem. Because now what we've done is, instead of having one deranged lunatic believing one thing that's an outright lie, now, because it's coming from the leadership of the village, now we have a huge percentage of the village that will believe the outright lie. Now, how much trouble does that create for us? Now we're not even looking into the murderer. Now we're all frantic. We're taking steps about the flesh-eating disease. We're now on a village-wide campaign to fix something that isn't even a problem because the village lives in a world of make-believe courtesy of the people who lead the village. How high does the percentage have to get before that village is in very, very, very serious trouble? I want you to listen to who brings you the news. First of all, lies on the internet move faster than the truth. And that's in part why there are all these safeguards that Elon Musk is trying to take down on Twitter right now. There was this world building on the pro-Trump internet. What could be the opposite of reality here? And the opposite of reality they came up with was these two people were having a lover's quarrel in a house and the police sort of intruded on us. It's fundamentally incorrect. It was pushed by the... What if... Everyone who brings you the news in the village is telling you about the disease. The focus now turning to the suspect's digital footprint. A personal blog published for his name, brimming with far-right extremism, conspiracy theories like QAnon, and anti-Semitic postings. Democrats, including President Biden, sounding the alarm. What if the president himself got in, the village chief, on the lies? And what makes us think? One party can talk about stolen elections, COVID being a hoax. There's all a bunch of lies and it not affect people who may not be so well balanced. What? How can the village survive that? 
I, I, I want to know. You think it won't work? Do you have any idea how many Democrats in the United States of America right now, maybe you know one or two, do you have any idea how many Democrats in this country believe a Trump supporter just broke into Paul Pelosi's home and hit him with a hammer trying to assassinate Nancy Pelosi? I'm not talking about some lunatic, tiny percentage fringe. I'm talking about the majority of the Democrats in this country believe the far-left vegan with Black Lives Matter and gay pride flags on his house is a Trump supporter who tried to assassinate Nancy Pelosi because Donald Trump sent him some secret signals through the internet or something. How can the country survive? It will work. A big enough percentage of the country will believe that. They will. You remember what they said about ivermectin? In case you don't, here's what they said. Ivermectin is something more often used to deworm horses. Rogan telling his 13 million Instagram followers that he was treated with several drugs, and he included ivermectin on the list, a drug used for livestock. Rogan said the word ivermectin. Yes, that's the deworming medicine made to kill parasites. And So things are clearly bad, but they're being made even worse by people who have refused to take the vaccine and instead are swallowing horse paste. Hydroxychloroquine does more bad than good for coronavirus patients. And the study of 96,000 hospitalized coronavirus patients on six continents found that those who received that drug promoted by Donald Trump as a, quote, game changer in the fight against the virus had a significantly higher risk of death. Taking hydro, um, hydroxychloroquine despite mounting evidence that it doesn't work against COVID-19 and could, in fact, be harmful. I personally know multiple doctors who've been treating people, COVID patients, with ivermectin successfully. How can we survive? All right. Article came out yesterday in The Atlantic. I'm sure you've probably seen it by now. Maybe you heard me rant about it on the radio last night. But in case you haven't, the article was saying, let's declare a pandemic amnesty and, quote, Forgive one another for what we did and said when we were in the dark about COVID. Okay. Uh, before I get into this, I do need to do a couple things here. Uh, you know how we like to laugh and have fun. We talk about heavy things. We like to laugh and have fun. Uh, this one's going to be heavy. Some of the things I'm about to tell you, your stories, they're going to hurt. Uh, you might want to grab the tissues if you're a crier because you're about to be crying. But it is important that normal people... It is important that you are heard because you were ignored, spit on, killed, done wrong by tyrants, and you deserve to have your stories told. And I'm about to tell you some of them. Before I do that, though, I just want to pause. Let's do a little brief history thing here. You know about the Titanic. I'm not going to insult your intelligence. Big ship went down, everyone died. Well, not everyone, a bunch of people died. And we've probably seen the movie, right? couple little things from the Titanic. Little stories maybe you haven't heard. Now, you do know that there were men on the Titanic who were shoving people out of the way, women and children, doing everything they could to get a spot on the lifeboat. Basically revealed themselves to be pathetic cowards in the face of danger, in the face of certain death. And alternately, there were men who made sure the women and children were taken care of, got on board, and then knowing full well, remember they knew full well they were about to die, they were about to freeze to death and or drown in the frigid ocean. You know what they did? They went and put on their finest suits, 
and they went to, I believe it was a fireplace, a huge fireplace they had there, poured themselves the best brandy they could find, lit up cigars and sat there with each other until the water came in and took them down to the deep. Now let me ask you something. The Titanic sinking, what did it do with the guy who was pushing women and children or the guy who put on his finest suit, did his duty and said goodbye? Did, did the people who did those two very, very different things, did they become those very different things when the Titanic was sinking? No, no. The truth is, that's who they always were. The Titanic simply revealed who they were. Who you were during all the COVID panic is who you are. Whether you're a president, governor, public health official, whether you're a normal citizen, mother, father, son, daughter, brother, sister, co-worker, boss, employee, who you were when all the panic pushers were out there is who you are. Now, maybe you're sitting there right now and maybe that's a uncomfortable look in the mirror for you. Maybe you look back and you're not so proud of who you were. It's okay. People can change who they are, but you should know. That was what we call a stress test. You found out what you were made of when everyone told you to panic and become a tyrant. Which brings me to this. Pandemic amnesty. Forgiving one another. You understand, I'm about to read you heartbreaking stories, but you understand that America was revealed under COVID, talking about stress tests, to be a tyranny. You already live in a tyranny. Oh, I know most of the lockdowns and requirements and mandates, most, not all, but most have gone away. I, I get that now, so it doesn't feel like you live in a tyranny. But if you live in a country where politicians can point at you and say, you're not essential, close your business. You shouldn't be out on the beach. You're arrested. You're a pastor doing church. You're under arrest. That you live in a tyranny. That's a tyranny. You already live in one. That make you uncomfortable? Made me uncomfortable. It was horrific watching it. And I'm not kind to tyrants. I don't forgive and forget tyrants. Not ever. Tyrants are the worst human beings in the history of the world. Powerful people who crush the powerless. You'll, you'll get no forgiveness here. You'll get no amnesty here. Now, maybe if you have a public trial and after you're convicted when you're on the way to prison for the rest of your life, maybe if you get on your knees in front of me and beg me for forgiveness for what you've done, maybe in that moment I will forgive and then send you off to prison. But don't think for a second you're going to do the things I just, I'm about to read to you and just to say, hey, let's let bygones be bygones. You want to hear some stories? You want to know why we need a reckoning? These are your stories. First day as a cop was six months into business shutdowns and lockdowns. Responded to a murder-suicide of a father that lost his job and killed himself and his seven-year-old son. Record high child suicides that year will haunt me forever. Oh, there's a lot more. Like I said, get your tissues ready. My mom's physician closed his in-person practice for a year, resulting in my mom losing her eyesight. She has, mac she has macular degeneration and requires monthly eye injections and didn't receive them. She's now legally blind with no way to restore her vision. Another, got to stand outside my father's hospital room on the lawn and watch him pass away, alone. 
My 30-year-old son-in-law couldn't see a doctor for a sharp pain in the belly. The Zoom doctor told him he had kidney stones. Seven months later, he could finally see a doctor diagnosed with stage four terminal kidney cancer. No diagnosis or chemo per lockdown. Now is metastatic. My daughter is devastated. We all are. I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep going, but I just want you to understand there's more of these and I don't want you to try to run away from the, the pain and sadness and anger you're feeling right now. I want you to let it wash over you. And I want you to remember these things didn't happen. These things were done to you. People with names did these things to you. Republicans and Democrats did these things to you. Public health officials, parents did them to their children. Children did them to their parents. Brothers did it against sisters and other brothers. These things were done to you by people. Let us continue. Oh gosh, I forgot about this one. Uh, one of my listeners named Ben sent in a picture, actually. Uh, what was the picture? It was Ben FaceTiming with his father as his father died in the hospital in Christmas of 2020. Uh, Brenda writes, our autistic daughter greatly suffered during lockdowns. She couldn't get appointments she needed and for a child that does not speak, wearing masks from workers trying to help with uh, speech was utterly pointless. Much needed help she could have received, but nothing mattered but COVID. All right, you thought all that was really bad? Last year, on February 9th on my radio show, I, as you can imagine, I like to laugh and have fun on my radio show just like we do here, but I decided to dedicate an entire episode to this. I called it The Reckoning. It was three hours of your stories of this stuff. And I even opened up the phones that night. And I don't know how long I'm going to live on this planet. Probably 60, 70 years. That's generally when the Kelly men check out. I will go to my grave and I will remember this phone call. This is the phone call of a father. It's a little hard to hear because he's so choked up and weeping. This is a phone call of a father who has a six foot five severely autistic son who needed regular therapy, was denied it because of COVID. And now this six foot five autistic son has descended into psychosis and physically attacks his mother and father every single day. Can you even imagine what that is like? So, it's all right, John. It's okay. 18-year-old 18 special needs student mm-hmm. autistic he's never recovered. He's alive. He just couldn't go back to school. He's 20 now. He's six foot five. I'm six foot four. He's in psychosis. He attacks us. He attacks us almost every day because he's in psychosis. 
John, you just just you yeah, don't have to say anymore. You don't have to say anymore. I, everyone just heard you don't want to say hey, anymore. Everybody, it's heartbreaking. I okay. I, I can't even imagine. God bless you, my brother. Jesse. God bless you. All right. Amnesty. You want to move on? I'm not moving on. I will never move on. I demand a reckoning. And do keep in mind, while all these stories were happening, John Lewis, John Lewis got a massive funeral. While you couldn't bury your mother or your father, you said goodbye on FaceTime. John Lewis died, and there they all gathered, every scumbag in the world, shoulder to shoulder, to praise the saintly John Lewis. You see, your dad didn't matter. Your mom didn't matter. Your grandpa, your brother, sister, they didn't matter. They weren't important. John Lewis, though, COVID apparently, <sighs> COVID was good enough to get away from the John Lewis funeral. I want to once again tell you these things didn't happen. These things were done to you. This wasn't just a, well, whoopsie. People with names did these things to you. And I watched, and you heard me yell and scream about it right here on the first. I watched from day one. I watched all the powerful people just take a big steaming dump on all the powerless. You didn't have a platform. You didn't have the power. You didn't have the, you didn't. And they all, they all just talked to each other the whole time and nobody heard from you. Nobody cared about you. Well, few of us did, I guess I should say. Few people cared about you, spoke up for you. And now that you've been abused in a million different ways and left behind by tyrants, you want to move on? No, I will never move on. I don't tell you what to do. I'm not your dad or your priest. You move on if you want to. I will move on when I have had my reckoning. That's when I will move on. Randy Weingarten out there today publicly saying she wants to move on. Have you heard the stories of children, the child suicides, the learning loss, uh, the, the anxiety, hooked on drugs? I'm not moving on. I'll move on the day Randy Weingarten goes to prison. All that may have made you uncomfortable. I'm sure it did, but I'm right. All right, Liz, finally, I can't let this go without asking you. I have to ask you this. Uh, I know you saw about the... Uh, Let's declare a pandemic amnesty article in the Atlantic. I just have to ask you, Liz, are, are you ready to just live, forgive and forget and just move right along? Is that what you think these people deserve? Okay, so two things. First of all, there's a difference between personal forgiveness. Like if you are a grandparent who didn't get the vaccine and your children didn't let you see your grandchildren because you were unvaxxed, like sure, extend that personal forgiveness, your family, like move along, even if your kids were idiots during COVID. That's one thing. That's not what this article is talking about though. This article is talking about just wiping the slate, slate clean. It's like they want to men in black, everybody's memory about what politicians did to us during COVID. And my answer to that, I don't know if we're allowed to use salty language on this show, but hell no, political accountability must be achieved here. I mean, we're talking about people whose parents and grandparents died in the hospital alone without family because you were only allowed to FaceTime in to say goodbye to them. We're talking about young men whose hearts are perhaps permanently damaged from the vaccine after they were lied about the efficacy of the vaccine. We're talking about people whose businesses were ruined. You weren't allowed to go to church. Your three-year-old was forced to wear a mask. This is egregious, egregious, 
overreach and abuse by the federal government and public health officials? And should we just wipe the slate clean, walk along, pretend this didn't happen? Absolutely not. We should spend every ounce of our effort over however long it takes, I don't know how many years it'll take, to make sure that any politician or public official who abused their power to infringe on our rights using unscientific justification to do so never touches power again. Liz, we've known each other a while. I don't think I've ever heard you use language like that, period. Liz Wheeler of The Liz Wheeler Show. Thank you, Liz. Thanks, Jesse. So now it looks like we've reached the oops, sorry phase of the post-pandemic. Those who inflicted the inhumane outrage of lockdown, vaccine mandates, and all that went with it upon society. They're now trying to scurry away with their tails between their legs. Trying to quietly move on and hope nobody notices. The billionaire-owned elitist mouthpiece, The Atlantic Magazine, has just published an article titled Let's declare a pandemic amnesty. We need to forgive one another for what we did and said when we were in the dark about about COVID. Professor Emily Oster writes that blaming anyone is, quote, preventing us from moving forward. This is someone who demanded Thanksgiving lockdown, full school lockdowns and vaccine mandates for both students and workers, vaccine mandates for domestic travel, vaccines for pregnant women. She absolves herself of blame by claiming her and others were, quote, in the dark and didn't know about the scale of the threat posed by the virus in the early days. And yet Emily Oster was pushing employer vaccine mandates as late as July 2021. The gaslighting on display is off the charts. Yeah, we may have prevented people from a attending the funerals of their own mothers and fathers. Despite a lifetime together, her husband of 51 years, Tom, now in isolation, was unable to be with her at the end. We may have atomized and obliterated families, leaving grandmothers to die alone. Oops, sorry. We did monster dehumanize and vilify the unvaccinated, called them granny killers, tried to ostracize them from society. In Canada, we labeled them domestic extremists, tried to get them fired from their jobs, banned from traveling, seized their bank accounts, falsely smeared them with the slogan, pandemic of the unvaccinated. This same publication may have called for putting them on no-fly lists like terrorists. And we did pass vaccine mandates and vaccine passports on the false premise that the vaccine was 100% effective in preventing transmission, yeah. Sorry about that. I mean, yeah, we did ban, blacklist and censor anyone who claimed the virus came from the Wuhan lab. Even though it probably did, we contrived and exploited hysteria over misinformation to deplatform doctors and other health experts who were saying things that were manifestly provably true. Sorry. We screamed at people for not wearing masks, stalked, harassed and assaulted them for trying to buy food while not wearing a face nappy. And yes, we did actually know in early 2020 about the true efficacy of them. Oops, sorry. We did order riot police to stomp on the heads of people who protested against lockdown, cheered when pregnant mothers were arrested in their own home for organising anti-lockdown demonstrations on Facebook, while simultaneously praising millions of people for congregating in close proximities in major cities to protest for Black Lives Matter. Because apparently the same rule didn't apply when the protesters were marching for a cause that we supported. Oops, sorry. We may have forced mask mandates and school closures that led to serious cognitive development disorders in children, speech therapists reporting 300% plus increases in toddlers being unable to speak, and huge spikes in childhood depression and suicide. Oops, sorry. The same people responsible for this now want pandemic amnesty. How about no? The life of Alan Wright. I therefore offer you all a very warm welcome as we unite in love and friendship to
let's pause there for a word from the sponsor of this video. Lord Watson. That has a nice ring to it, doesn't it? Well, now it's a reality. Yes, it's now official. I am now a lord. I own land in Scotland, and you could too. With established titles, you can take advantage of the Scottish custom where landowners are referred to as lords or ladies. You can even change your name to lord or lady and get it on your plane tickets or credit cards. Need a last minute table at that restaurant, but it's fully booked? Tell them you're called lord or lady, and you just might find they can accommodate you. Put it on your dating profile and watch your matches explode. Your certificate features a unique plot number with which you can see the exact location of your land. Title packs give you at least one square foot of dedicated land on a private estate in Eddleston, Scotland. But it gets better. Established titles are committed to planting at least one tree for every order placed. So by buying a title pack, you're directly helping a genuine environmental cause, reforestation, supporting the fantastic work of One Tree Planted and Trees for the Future partner charity groups. With Christmas not far away, this also makes a great original gift. <laughs> you're gonna buy another boring pair of socks. You can also get couple packs that come with adjoining plots of land. And get this, the first 200 people who purchase a title pack using my link will effectively be located right next to my plot. We can be together in spirit. We can build a kingdom. We can reconquer Scotland for the English. Maybe I'm taking it a bit too far. Established Titles is running a massive sale right now. Their early Black Friday sale gives you a huge 80% discount on title packs. Plus, if you use the code Lord Watson, you get an extra 10% off. Go to establishedtitles.com slash Lord Watson to get your gifts now. And remember, by supporting my sponsors, you support me directly. Now back to the video. Sorry that while your parents were dying from untreated cancer due to overwhelmed hospitals. We were busy doing dance routines for TikTok clown while you weren't even allowed to visit your sick relatives. saw the biggest wealth transfer from poor to rich in human history. We destroyed livelihoods, shut down businesses and wrecked the economy for years to come. Fired people for making a personal medical choice. And, uh, yeah, we're sorry about that. No, your apology's not accepted. This can't be allowed to happen again. And the only way to ensure that is to make sure the people who inflicted all this on us face the consequences for what they did. As Michael P. Senger writes, like many of the mainstream COVID voices, Oster had long been closely attuned to COVID data, showing that these mandates did not work, yet she often seemed reluctant to share that data insofar as it contradicted the mainstream orthodoxy that mandates were necessary. In that sense, the policy prescriptions of Oster and those like her may have had less to do with ignorance 
than with cowardice, tribalism and following orders which can't be considered acting in good faith. The lockdowns were never imposed out of better safe than sorry good faith arguments based in well-meaning ignorance. They were imposed by deliberately ramping up fear in order to ensure intellectually lobotomized compliance. Lurid propaganda that at one stage in August 2020 had the average American believing that 30 million Americans had died of COVID. 220 five times the actual figure at the time, while anyone who questioned what was happening was ruthlessly denigrated. We don't need throwaway editorials, breezy trivializations, or sheepish tweets asking everyone to forget about it and move on. We need official investigations, not whitewashers. Legal ramifications, compensation for damages, financial restitution, actual accountability. You don't get to endorse and activate policies that did extraordinary harm to millions of people and then just claim ignorance. I'm sorry, but oops sorry just isn't gonna cut it. <laughs>